is history and philosophy of science to scientists? Are there qualities already present in science that are not appreciated enough? What other ways might we think about knowledge making to help direct us toward better outcomes? Earlier this year, I had the unique opportunity to discuss these topics with one of the most well-known scholars of science studies, Professor Donna Haraway. Donna Haraway is Distinguished Professor Emerita at the University of California, Santa Cruz, and in 2002 she was awarded the Bernal Prize for lifetime contributions to the field. Donna originally completed her PhD in biology at Yale, but went on to an unusually interdisciplinary career crossing the boundaries of science, women's studies, history of science, science fiction, and social studies of science, to name just a few. Her work has focused on disrupting persistent, controlling stories of Western science to embrace more complex, diverse, and ultimately revitalizing accounts. For the podcast, I began by asking Donna what she has learnt about science through science studies. First of all, though, I think of myself very much as a member of the scientific community. Uh, My PhD is in evolutionary and developmental and ecological biology. You know, Evelyn Hutchinson was my PhD advisor, and his approach to theoretical ecology is in my bones. Mm -hmm. And his approach to the illuminated 13th century Italian manuscripts, and his approach to the Bloomsbury world in, in, uh, in London, and the fact that in his labs when I was a graduate student, we were reading Simone Weil and Karen Stevens and Kirk Gadol, as well as recently published papers mm. in various fields of, of contemporary biology, and that these were in some non-trivial sense part of the same subject. So that kind of uh, polymath curiosity, that, uh, that kind of giving each other and oneself and one's students a kind of permission for... Um, you know, serious curiosity in serious craft of storytelling in one's field as a part of the practice of one's field. Donna would go on to draw on this polymath curiosity to develop several groundbreaking works, including her 1985 paper, A Manifesto for Cyborgs. In this essay, Donna rejected simple binary ways of thinking about our bodies and technology to instead advocate for more messy diversity. Another important work was her 1989 book, Primate Visions, Gender, Race and Nature in the World of Modern Science. In Primate Visions, Haraway argued that the larger stories told by primatologists, particularly about the role of females and males in evolutionary history, were often deeply influenced by the social and political contexts in which they practiced. With this in mind, I then asked Donna what she felt science studies had to offer scientists. Lots of things. Science studies and history of science, also my fields, emphasize the crafts of narrative, uh, narratives, emphasize narrative skills and pay attention to the way language works. And I think that that has given us a lot of insights into the working of scientific languages as well as others. And I would love scientists themselves uh, to take more pleasure in that in their own work and to read hours for that. Right? In the sense I'm standing outside the scientific community when I say that for a minute, but I think of myself as tentacles in every camp, uh, way more than a biped. Or that. I, I, love the, I would like to be that kind of person. Biology, evolutionary, ecological, developmental, behavioral biologies are necessarily narrative, not only narrative. And you really can't be a good scientist in these fields without engaging in pretty crafty storytelling. 
valuing a um, an outreaching curiosity, valuing uh, the craft of storytelling that mm. the sciences require storytelling. It's not something you do when you're finished with your day. Uh, it's not something you do just to explain your science. It's something you do to practice your science, certainly if you're a biologist. Through her scholarship, Donna has shown that traditional conceptions of science are often inadequate. Narrow understandings of science obscure the ways in which researchers and their perspectives are entangled with the knowledge they produce, both for better and for worse. For Haraway, when we acknowledge and even celebrate the role of storytelling in science, we can be more thoughtful about how we might story otherwise. This might mean reflecting more critically on dominant narratives, as well as being more open to imaginative exploration of alternatives. In 1988, Donna coined the term situated knowledges to refer to the understanding that all knowledge comes from particular positions in the world. These positions in the world then constrain what is possible to see and know about a particular phenomena of scientific interest. It is important to recognise our situatedness, because only then can we become truly accountable for what we learn to see. For Haraway, this means noticing if you have cited nothing but privileged white people or men, or if you have erased indigenous people, or if you forget non-human beings, and so on. Race, sex, class, region, sexuality, gender, species. While these are fraught categories, for Haraway, they still do important work. Understanding the ways in which our knowledge is situated is not only important for better science, but also for a better society, as the stories of science are central to the ways in which we understand ourselves and our place in the world. In her work, Donna also suggests another way to refigure our conception of science is to look to new ways of understanding the process of knowledge making. Then I also think that um, an attention to the way technologies of thinking work including technologies of storytelling, has led me to value uh, figures of uh, analytical figures, like string figures, like networks, like relationalities that scale in and scale out, uh, the particularities and specificities of relationalities that scale in and scale out to structure different kinds of orderings as gerunds, as active things in the world. Um, that are much richer and other than the theoretical figures of, of hierarchical nesting um, or other kinds of figures that we're much more used to working with as technologies for thinking. I want scientists who already use these other thinking technologies to uh, pay more attention to them and to, to enlarge them uh, to, uh, uh, with a kind of a sense of the absurd and a sense of humor and a sense of speculative fabulation, kind of propositional thinking. Rather than only thinking in terms of linear or hierarchical frameworks, Donna suggests that the game of cat's cradle may be a useful alternative process. In the game of cat's cradle, loops of string are placed around fingers and then woven together in such a way as to produce increasingly intricate and involved string figures. She suggests such an alternative image is valuable as neither science nor cat cradling is about winning, but rather about creating and passing on complex patterns and learning from them in an involved interactive process over time. By playing cat's cradle with the sciences, HPS and science studies, we may create better patterns of understanding in the world. Ultimately, I came to cat's cradle and string figure um, is obviously a trope, but it's also a method. And uh, it's a proposal to think uh, otherwise. To, you know, we all know how to think in twos and threes. Uh, 
We all know how to think in nests. We know how to think in hierarchically nested argument. That's all fine. We'd be fools to give up those tools. But I think if I've done anything around the methodology of thinking practices, it's foregrounding um, the thinking in cast cradles. Cast cradling is kinetic. Yeah. Something has to hold still for something else to move. Shifts back and forth. It has a whole uh, dynamics and, and uh, structure to it that I think of as a thinking practice. And in that sense, a technical proposition. Uh, and not a, uh, it is also a metaphor, but it's almost but, nothing that I care about is just a metaphor. To end, we were able to discuss one more topic before being lovingly interrupted by her dogs. So I asked Donna the question, what kind of more general revisioning of science would you like to see today? I, I wish people in, in the, um, who, who don't have a lot of experience with, with scientists and with scientific practices and who themselves kind of stereotype them would pay attention to the I know the camaraderie, the sense of humor, the exploratory uh, capacities of, of good scientists, so on, and vice versa. I want scientists to make, pay more attention um, to um, historical fiction, to history of science, to science studies, to uh, collaborative work between people in science studies and people in, in other sciences, of which there's a great deal. So I want a deeper, broader, more capacious uh, curiosity and yeah. sense of humor and, and the generosity toward each other's work. Absolutely. And less stereotyping. That sounds fabulous. Thanks so much. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, the, well, the interpretation of the dog's barking has everything to do with <laughs> my husband's students arriving for her math lesson. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first season of the HBS podcast, where we discuss all things history, philosophy, and social studies of science. To learn more, check out our website at hbsunimel.org. There you can also find links to our blog, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta, as well as show notes for today's topic. I'm Samara Greenwood, and my co-producer is Indigo Keel. We look forward to having you back again next time.